watched it before on Amazon Prime, man, but I just started it again last night. Fucking long live the woo. You understand? Um, yeah, man, I highly recommend that shit. I've seen it before, like I said, and I'm just watching it again. Just because, man, I, for some reason, I frequently forget how pinnacle the Wu-Tang Clan was to hip-hop. At least everything that I love about hip-hop. Biggie, Wu-Tang, Nas, those were like the first dudes that I kind of got on back in the day that really put me on to the quote-unquote conscious hip-hop wave, you know what I mean, um, that I'm still riding today, man, so shouts to Wu, but yeah, man, this is episode 29 of the motherfucking K-Podcast, I might even just change the name to the motherfucking K-Podcast, <laughs> I think I say it every time, uh, <laughs> the unofficial official name, you know what I mean, the nickname, ain't the K-Podcast anymore, it's the motherfucking K-Podcast, you gotta stress the fuck, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess since we already started there, we'll just stick with this <laughs> with TV for now, uh, like I said, Wu-Tang of Mikes and Men is on Amazon Prime. That's what that little clip was from. I'm in the process of watching that shit again just because I love that group. Hey, Rook. Hey. Why don't you wait till I'm not recording to chew on your bone? That'd be fucking cool, you know? Love ya. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. Check out of Mike's and Men Wu-Tang on Amazon Prime. Also, I know I mentioned I had fallen down the power black hole and finally finished that once again check out power but that led me into the snowfall black hole <laughs> so i think what was it the first i don't remember if it's two or three seasons of snowfall i think it was three um i just finished that that's on hulu originally on fx and I believe the new season, so season four, actually starts at the end of this month. Because today is February 2nd. Also, happy Black History Month. Um, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, yeah. I fell down the, the snowfall black hole. Finished all available seasons. So now I'm just waiting for the new season. Check that shit out, too. Um, definitely a dope-ass show. And it's crazy because it's a fictional show, right? But it's based off of real events. You know how at the beginning of movies or 
whatever they'll put maybe not based on a true story but like loosely based on factual events or you know some shit like that that's kind of how snowfall is written so it's based off of you know the actual crack epidemic that took place in the 80s and 90s to my knowledge at least from what i have read and heard and learned a lot of the crack stuff um started in new york city but obviously it's going to expand elsewhere because Snowfall takes place in the L.A. area. Whereas, I say all that to say, there's also this new documentary on Netflix that I watched immediately after finishing Snowfall just called Crack. And you guessed it, it's about crack. <laughs> it's about essentially the crack epidemic, like I said, in the 80s. But it kind of explains more of the the background of everything, kind of the root, the origin, how how and why it happened, uh, more or less where crack comes from, that kind of stuff. So obviously it's, you know, there it's fairly depressing, but it's real shit. I mean, you can't ignore that this stuff actually happened. And like I said, I've watched enough shows and listened to enough music about this kind of thing that I felt like it was only right that I watched the actual documentary just to get a better understanding of what, you know, what I've been entertaining myself with, essentially. And it's, yeah, it's much, I'm not going to say it's much realer than I thought because I knew it was real shit, but just seeing it laid out in front of you, I guess, and hearing actual people from that era who were first-hand users of this drug. Some of them, you know, luckily made it out the other end alive. Other ones, not so lucky. But it just shows the full spectrum, the street side, the government side, the user side, the dealer side. It kind of just gives you the full spectrum and and just how, how differently it was impacting all these people's lives. And even the ones who maybe off-rip were impacted positively you know they're getting paid and things like that even them over time I think they everyone kind of was realizing that it was just ripping apart their community and yeah I don't know check it out man it's called crack on Netflix it's a new documentary that just dropped in 2021 so unless you're checking for new shit every day you might not have seen it yet so check that out but um anytime I think of that shit it always reminds me of my boy. Rest in peace. Biggie Smalls, Tank Crack Commandments. One, if two, you don't three, know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, now you know. It's the Ten Crack Commandments. Wow. One, two, uh. Two, uh. Three, four, Man, can't tell me nothing about this coke. Uh-huh. Can't tell me nothing about this crack. This weed for my hustling niggas. Uh. Niggas on the corner. I ain't forget you, niggas. My triple B, niggas. This game for years, uh, it made me an animal. It's rules to this shit. Uh-huh. I wrote me a manual, a step by step booklet for you to get your game on track, not your wig pushed back. Rule number uno never let no one know how much dough you hold, cause you know. The cheddar breed jealousy, especially if that man fucked up. Get your ass stuck up. Number two, 
Never let them know your next move. Don't you know bad boys move in silence and violence? Take it from your honest. Uh huh. I done squeeze mad clips at these cats for they bricks and chips. Number three, never trust nobody. Your mom's set that ass up properly gassed up. Hoodie the masked up. For that fast buck, she be laying in the bushes to light that ass up. Number four, know you heard this before. Never get high on your own supply Number five, never sell no crack where you rest at I don't care if they want an ounce, tell them bounce Number six, that goddamn credit, get it You think a crackhead paying your back, shit, forget it Seven, this rule is so underrated Keep your family and business completely separated Money and blood don't mix like two dicks and no bitch Find yourself in serious shit Number eight, never keep no weight on you Them cats that squeeze your guns can hold jumps too Number nine should've been number one to me If you ain't getting back, stay the fuck for police uh-huh. If niggas think you're snitching, they ain't trying to listen They be sitting in your kitchen, waiting to start hitting Number ten, a strong word called consignment Strictly for live men, not for freshmen uh-huh. If you ain't got the clientele, say hell no Cause they gon' want their money, rain, sleep, hell snow Follow these rules, you'll have mad bread to break uh-huh. up If not, 24 years on the wake up Slug hit your temple, watch your frame shake up Caretaker did your makeup yeah. Um, also, real quick, man, just because we were talking about Wu-Tang. That song just popped to my head just because it's called the Ten Crack Commandments and we're talking about crack. But as I'm playing it, um, yeah, that one's more glorifying selling crack. I mean, kind of explaining the rules that Biggie laid out for himself while he's dealing crack and shit like that. So to piggyback off that, just to give the other perspective, I'm going to play Cream by Wu-Tang, um, chances are you've heard this song, this is one of the most classic hip-hop songs of all time, but I just want to play this also because A, I was talking about Wu-Tang and how important they are and how much I fucking love them, which I do, it's funny too because Wu-Tang and Biggie, like I have a, a small, fairly, you know, decent sized CD collection that I travel around with in my car because I'm fucking old school minded like that, I guess, and um, Biggie and and Wu-Tang are two of the CDs that will never leave that collection. But yeah, anyway, so I'm going to play Cream because this more so represents... Uh, it's less of a glorifying song of crack. It's kind of... I mean, it's not just about crack. It's mainly just about the com- their community and um, how they were brought up and their lifestyle. But it kind of more so shows the negative impacts on them, their families, their communities, and things like that. So this is cream, cash rules, everything around me, Wu-Tang. You're... Nigga one, guy. Word up. Look out for the cops, though. Cash rules. Word up. Two for fives over here, baby. Word up. Two for fives. Niggas got garbage down the way. Word up. Cash rules, everything around me. Cream it. Yeah. Check this old fly shit out. Word up. Cash Take you on the national joint. Cream, get the here money. We, here we go. Dollar, Check dollar this bill, shit. On the crime side, the New York Times side Staying alive was no job Had second hands, moms bounced on old man So then we moved to Shallon land A young dude, you're rocking the go to Low goose, only way I begin to G-York was drug loot Unless started like this, son Rolling with this one and that one Pulling out 
gats for fun But it was just a dream for the team Who was a fiend Started smoking moves at 16 And running up in gates and doing hits by high stakes Making my way on fire skates No question I was speed for cracks and weed The combination made my eyes bleed No question I would flow off and try to get the dough off Sticking up white boys on board With a sick ass click and went all out. Catching keys from four C's, rolling in MPVs every week. We make 40 G's. Yo, nigga, respect my nigga the tech notch. Bow, move from the gate now. Cash moves everything around me. Cream hit the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. Cash moves everything around me. Cream hit the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. It's been 22 long hard years, I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging, but I'm alive on arrival. Safe in the streets to stay awake to the ways of the world, cause shit is deep. I'm in with the dream with plans to make cream, which fail. I went to jail at the age of 15, a young buck selling drugs and such. Who never had much, trying to get a clutch of what I could not. Court play me short, now I'm facing incarceration, pacing, going upstate's my destination. Handcuffed in back of a bus, 40 of us. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. But as the world turned, I learned life is hell. Living in the world, no different from a cell. Every day I skate from takes, giving takes, selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase. Though I don't know why I chose to smoke cess. I guess that's the time when I'm not depressed, but I'm still depressed. And I ask, what's it worth? Ready to give up, so I seek the old earth. Who explain working hard may help you maintain. To learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. You got stick up kids, corrupt cops, and crack rocks, and straight shots. All on the block that stays hot. Leave it up to me while I be living proof To kick the truth to the young black youth So he's running wild, smoking cess, drinking beer And ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear Neglected for now, but yo, it got to be accepted That what? The life is hectic Everything around me, cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, yo. Cash rules, everything around me, cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, yo. Yes. Yes, sir. Wu Tang. Yeah, man. That's, yeah. Like I said, one of the most classic hip hop songs of all time. Don't quote me on this, but I know. They've used that song for something. I'm not going to say they put it in the Smithsonian or anything crazy like that. I mean, they could have. I don't remember exactly what it was, so I don't know why the fuck I brought it up. But I know something monumental happened with that song just because it's literally, I mean, you know, people say music is art and I'll die on that hill. But other people want to argue with that, which is fine. I mean, you're entitled to your own fucking opinion. But at the end of the day, dude, if you listen to the lyrics of that song and you don't feel like you're transported into the world of Wu and just what they were living at that time, I don't know. You might need to get your ears checked, bruh. Yeah, man. Shouts to Wu. Shouts to Biggie. Crack is whack. <laughs> I think. Hopefully you know that by now. But it's crazy. I mean, those that's just two songs. So so much of hip-hop in general has been built off of kind of just that crack era. Um, 
maybe not so much nowadays, but a lot of the hip hop that I grew up on and that I love, excuse me, um, you know, those dudes, Jay-Z is a big component, you know, 50 Cent, like a lot of the most popular rappers, that's where they got their start, which is insane. But, and like I said earlier, I mean, just check out the crack doc because it, it, more or less explains why and how this was such a popular career, you know, in the hood. It wasn't it wasn't coincidence, that's all I'm going to say, okay? So check that shit out, man. But yeah, so that was really all I had for crack, I guess, while we're talking about people trying to get rich and all of that good stuff, you know what I mean? So I mentioned the GameStop shit, the stock shit last episode and obviously I barely know what the fuck I'm talking about so after I put out the episode I learned some more and shit yeah I mean all you can do is grow every fucking day trial and error right that's why I always reiterate on these episodes man uh I'm an idiot a (laughs) b you know sometimes things may be touched on where all the facts haven't come in yet and I'm just doing the best I can I'm always willing to admit when I was wrong also Um, so if you hear me saying anything inaccurate or just completely ignorant please let me know but I try to do try to do the best I can to stay accountable you know what I mean so I found this article uh, probably a couple days after the last time we talked about the stocks and GameStop and everything, but it more or less explains in much better terms as to what's happening than I did. So I'm going to read this to you. The skyrocketing stock prices of GameStop, BlackBerry, and other companies generating quote-unquote YOLO paydays for some members of Reddit's Wall Street Bets forum are also earning a windfall for corporate insiders. Since January 1st, executives at BlackBerry and GameStop have been selling stock, cashing in on a total of more than $22 million in stock. Of late, they've also gotten a major boost from the loose collective of amateur traders on social media who have relentlessly bid up the company's shares, and at least some of whom have declared it their mission to divert profits from Wall Street to Main Street. Okay. There is no allegation of improper insider trading connected to any of the trades. And multiple experts told CBS Money Watch they see no evidence any of the corporate insiders and executives who recently sold GameStop and BlackBerry shares have done anything wrong. Still, a person familiar with the socks... With with the socks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyone familiar with socks knows that the fucking feet is warm. <laughs> Still, a person familiar with the stock sales told CBS Money Watch that GameStop has in recent days moved to restrict executives and insiders from selling additional shares. Executives and insiders have, have been exiting at the same time Wall Street Bets participants have been pushing their members to snap up the stock. Robinhood, a popular trading app among Wall Street Bets investors, this week temporarily barred traders from buying more shares of GameStop. The ban was partially lifted on Friday. Executives tend to trade stock through preset plans in order to avoid any appearance they might have traded on insider information, which is illegal. 
but notes on the trades in recent filings the executive submitted to the U.S. Secretaries and Exchange Commission do not state that the recent stock sales at both BlackBerry and GameStop took place through these so-called 10B5-1 plans. What the hell is that? Um, let me look that up real quick. Oh, it's a... An official SEC rule 10B5-1 states it allows company insiders to set up a predetermined plan to sell company stocks in accordance with insider trading laws. The price, amount, and sales dates must be specified in advance and determined by a formula or metrics. That's interesting. Okay, back to the article. Um, that suggests none of the trades have been scheduled in advance. Perhaps more important, stock options and other share grants are supposed to align executives with other investors. In short, corporate leaders are supposed to be paid for their performance in building viable companies for the long term. Yet, cashing in on what many see as reckless speculation driven by social media highlights problems with how senior executives are compensated, experts told CBS Money Watch. It's pay for luck, said Benjamin Golez, associate professor of finance at the University of Notre Dame's Mendoza College of Business. Three BlackBerry executives last week cashed out nearly $1.7 million worth of the company's stock. One of the executives, BlackBerry Chief Financial Officer Steve Rye, sold all of his shares in the company, though he has unvested options that could turn into shares in the future. BlackBerry shares were trading at about $5.50, before it became the fodder of conversation on the Wall Street Bets message board. At that price, the three executive shares would have been worth about $700,000. But the ensuing frenzy driven by Wall Street Bets added $1 million to the combined value of their shares. The Wall Street Bets insurgents could trigger an even bigger windfall for BlackBerry CEO John Chen. Under his compensation package for joining the software company in 2018, Chen could receive a one-time cash bonus of $90 million if BlackBerry's shares trade above $30 for 10 days in a row any time before the end of 2026. On Wednesday, shares of BlackBerry, which has lost more than $800 million in its last four reported quarters, came close to that magic number of $30, hitting $25, though they have since retreated to roughly $14. BlackBerry didn't respond to a request for comment on the executive stock sales, but a BlackBerry spokes spokesperson told the Wall Street Journal, that the executives had sold their shares during a window in which trades were allowed. The bank accounts of four directors of troubled retailer GameStop have also benefited from Reddit Raiders. <laughs> Reddit Raiders, is that what they're calling them now? The Reddit Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> 
we need uh we need Chris Berman on here commentating the Reddit Raiders. So yeah, <laughs> sorry. Let me start over. <laughs> the bank accounts of four directors of troubled retailer GameStop have also benefited from the Reddit Raiders. GameStop has lost nearly 1.6 billion over the past three years. Its sales recently slumped by 30%, and it is in the process of closing 1,000 or about 20% of all of its stores. Yet shares of the company have soared from about 17 bucks at the beginning of the year to 315 bucks on Friday. Which goes back to what I was saying last episode. I mean, you would have had to known about this little Reddit page and been on the inside more or less, but if you did that, your one share of seventeen bucks could have jumped up to three fifteen. <laughs> okay. Since the beginning of the year, four members of GameStop's board of directors have pocketed twenty million dollars from selling company stock. One of the sellers was Kurt Wolf a money manager and former executive consultant who joined GameStop's board last year. Hestia Capital, Wolf's investment fund, unloaded more than two-thirds of its stake in GameStop in January, grossing Wolf and his clients just over $17 million. GameStop did not return requests for comment, of course, on its executive socks... What is it with the socks today, man? I'm wearing socks, too, just in case you're wondering. All right? My toes is cozy over here. Okay. (laughs) GameStop did not return requests for comment on its executive stock sales. Wolf, through a spokesperson, declined to comment. Why'd they even put that? A filing with the SEC notes that Wolf sold in order to to diversify his fund holdings. Thomas Gorman, a partner at law firm Dorsey and Whitney. Okay, we'll need to read the rest of this, but you get the gist of that shit, okay? So yeah, man. I just wanted to read that just to kind of piggyback on what I was saying last week and also just to elaborate and provide more detail because, like I said, I didn't know too much last week. I just saw it peeking on the news so we touched on it but just to elaborate on that a little bit so yeah the rich are getting richer man we gotta you know we gotta siphon some of that off if we can dude fuck those motherfuckers you heard the millions and billions that i kept saying through that whole article i ain't even seen a mill yet b the fuck let me get that need at least a cool mill (laughs) so yeah that's hopefully that (laughs) Hopefully that didn't discourage you from getting involved with stocks, um, some crypto too. I wanted to talk about like Bitcoin and crypto, but to be honest with you, I don't know enough about it to talk about it yet. So I'm going to do some more research. I'm going to talk about that in a different episode. It's written down here, but we're going to head and slide right over that. (laughs) We got a variety of topics today, man. (laughs) The next thing... Horrible segue, but the next thing is, yo, shout out to you women out there, man. All these challenges going crazy online, these silhouette and busset challenges. It's insane 
the internet, bro, there's so much good and so much bad to come from it. You kind of just got to take, you know, roll the punches and just take take it as it comes, man. But yeah, man, I just wanted to show some love and shout out to all the women out there who are blessing the internet with just naked <laughs> photos and videos of themselves. I'm definitely not mad, you know. I'm sure there's plenty of other people out there who are not mad. It's crazy because at least the... So the two <laughs> the two challenges I'm specifically talking about, the Busted Challenge and the Silhouette Challenge. Basically, the Busted Challenge is it starts off with like kind of like this classy song and then it goes to um, doing horrible music justice right now because I can't remember any of the fucking artists, but the song Bus It, Bus It. So like chicks will be all dressed classy and stuff and as soon as the song changes and the Bus It part comes on, it's like a TikTok trend. It'll switch to them in some scandalous clothing and they're, you know, either twerking or just kind of dropping it to the floor and all that stuff. So yeah, love those. And then <laughs> the silhouette one is kind of the same thing. It starts off, put your head, that old like doo-wop 50 song. And then it does the same thing. It's a remix. It drops to, you know, a hip hop beat comes in that where they sample that joint. And the TikTok trend is the video will switch from them, from the women, you know, dressed in like a robe or just kind of some sweats, some shit they wear around the house, like regular degular outfit, right? But then when the switch comes, it's either them butt ass naked or they're in some lingerie or whatever, but it's like this red, I don't know if it's a filter or lighting or whatever, but it causes a silhouette. So you don't see who the woman is necessarily, even though they showed themselves in the first half. But it kind of started, it's called the silhouette challenge because it kind of started, you just see the silhouette of their body. You can see their curves and stuff. And it's like a sensual, it's an artistic thing, honestly. We really break it down. So shout out to the women again. But it's just gotten out of hand. I mean, not to me. I love it. But women are just full-blown naked now not doing the silhouette anymore they got the red filter on but you can see their nipples you can see their face like i can see your pussy lips <laughs> again man i am not mad do that shit till the fucking cows come home if you want i'm just saying how how much the internet has changed in my lifetime i guess is why i brought this shit up man <laughs> I remember being a kid, you know, we had dial-up AOL on the one computer in our house in my parents' room that we only got allotted like an hour a day on, 30 minutes a day or whatever it was. And now <laughs> there's the silhouette and the bus it, bus it. I don't know, man. We're living in crazy times. But yeah, once again, shout out to all the women. I even saw, all right, Shouts to the women and love y'all, me being a heterosexual straight man. But I have seen some men doing it. I'm obviously not clicking on those videos, but hey, man, shouts to you guys too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do your thing, you know, whatever makes y'all happy. I'm not a, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not a TikToker. You know what I mean? My only TikTok is on the clock, you heard? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's like a TikTok trend that's going around with the youths. The Ute Dem. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, man. I'm sure you've seen that. If you're a peer of mine or younger, you know, at, in my, around my age group or younger, I'm sure you've seen that shit. But some of you older folk, I'm trying to put you on game. You know what I mean? A little TikTok guy. 
but yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that was hilarious, man. Also, not really related to that at all, but I kind of just remembered we touched on the Daniel Cameron shit from last week about the Breonna Taylor case and everything, right? So, like I said, today's the 2nd of February, meaning that yesterday was the first day of Black History Month, February 1st. So, Daniel Cameron, who we talked about last week, I guess he tweeted, Today marks the first day of Black History Month. This month, let's take time to remember and celebrate the contributions black men and women have made to our commonwealth and to our nation. And keep in mind, like I said, this is the same guy who essentially just completely ignored the Breonna Taylor case, is what it seems like, in the state of Kentucky. So then Rihanna retweets him. She <laughs> you gotta love Rihanna, man. She says, what's up, N-word? Obviously, she doesn't use N-word, but I'm not saying that. Sub N-word, hashtag justice for Breonna Taylor. Basically calling this dude out, like, fool, you're gonna really gonna fucking... Post that shit the first day of Black History Month and almost like troll. I don't know, man. I mean, he's a black man as well, and I'm a non-black man, so I can only feel a certain way about it, I guess. But it just seems very, it seems like a slap in the face to black people from Daniel Cameron. So then Rihanna's calling him out like, you motherfucker, what are you talking about, you know? So yeah, shouts to Rihanna, man. Again, <laughs> love women, love Rihanna. Goddamn. Fuck Daniel Cameron again. But yeah, so that being said, like we were saying, like I was saying earlier, we're in Black History Month right now. So first things first, much love, much positivity from myself to all the black people out there. Whether I know you or not, whether you're a friend of mine or not, you don't go unnoticed, at least in my eyes. But much love to y'all, man. I saw this thing on Twitter earlier. This, I guess it was a tweet that they just took a photo of and actually put on a billboard. And it really, it really spoke to me at least. So I, you know, I retweeted it. I'm going to read it to you. It's real quick. It's just a quote from, I'll go ahead and, let me, I need to zoom in here. From Melissa Kimball. And she's got the marathon flag in her name, so you know she's OG. But she tweeted this shit on June 17th, 2020. So in the midst of all the madness that was going on last year, right kind of when pandemic started, all the um, protests broke out. It was, you know, not a racial war, but more or less uh, a racial clash, let's say, that we were all a part of, right? So she tweeted... This world does not move without black creativity, period. She didn't write period, but that's the end of the sentence. And that's a fucking fact, dude. This world does not move without black creativity. I mean, like I said on another episode, I'm, I'm solely going to speak for myself because that's the only experience I know, but I know firsthand for me, a lot of the things that I'm, you know, that I'm interested in, that I'm into, 
are heavily influenced from black culture, whether it's movies, comedy, music. Uh, I mean, even, you know, skateboarding started as a white surfer sport, but, you know, it's definitely been influenced heavily by black culture, hip-hop culture. I was literally just watching Coming to America with Eddie Murphy on Amazon Prime last night. You know, Dave Chappelle, one of my favorite comedians. As I've said on here countless times, I'm a huge hip-hop head. Jazz, the blues... A lot of the music that I'm really into is a direct result of black culture. So, I mean, I just wanted I just wanted to take a segment out just for for black love, really, man. You guys deal with a lot, like I said, as a non-black person, I I know that I can never fully understand the black experience. I have these talks with my buddies all the time. I know that I can never put myself in their shoes, you know? So, the very least I can do, especially, I mean, especially for my friends, you know, these dudes, I've said on here before, I see them being looked at differently than I'm looked at, you know what I'm saying, by older people or just strangers, whatever it is, you know? People think that they're more threatening than me just because our skin color's different. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to take this little segment to say happy Black History Month. Much love. And in honor of Black History Month, I'm going to play this song called Black is Beautiful by an artist, Chronix, from Jamaica. One of my favorite reggae artists. But he, this song, man, I'm just going to play it for you. Let it speak for itself. Here is a story told to the children of Africa. We love the children of Africa. Teaching the children. Oi. Black eye, black hair, black skin, black queen Stand majestic with the black king Today I'll sing you a black song You need to hear about beautiful black things Cause most time we hear about black We hear about black magic and black witches Black list, black book, black market Black Friday, you spend off your black witches I've never seen a doctor in black Nor seen a black pill for cure no black people But I've seen bush doctors like Tosh and Molly Resurrect like a real black people Malcolm Marcus Martin When you see Walter Rodney ask him How oh, you not hear about how we laughing So when the little offspring ask him Tell them They never told us That black is beautiful They never told us Black is beautiful They never told us that black is beautiful, they never told us They never told us that black is beautiful You a behave and a go on like you never spend 500 years on a farm The same chain you a wear and a go on is another black life in Sierra Leone Boy, them find out mama earth got gold then Them mine out mama earth black soul then You work hard just forget a black yard Same yard where you swipe by back your black gold then Well on, I see no faces long But this is not a racist song 
This is a song for the children who was never told about where the race is from. They never hear it in them favorite songs. Everybody come and say slavery's done. What I got one when the babies come. I start read about things like Dogan's Black Kemet and Kush. Black things, black senate and books. We teach about pyramids and put real significance to we physical looks. So every word when we sing black, in my world everything black. Black, white, white, black, right back. So don't be surprised if me say me king black. Cause they never told us that black is beautiful. They never told us black is beauty. They never told us. That black is beautiful, they never told us. They never told us that black is oh, beautiful. No. Yeah, man. That's chronics. C-H-R-O-N-I-X-X. Chronics Black is Beautiful off his album Chronology. But yeah, man, that's he's one of my favorite reggae artist so definitely check him out and once again i just felt like that song was appropriate for black history month so happy black history month much love once again um i had a bunch more topics but we're getting almost to 50 minutes i'm gonna do this last one because i thought this shit was insane but let me not laugh it's not funny at all but it's just i'm gonna read it to you So, Marilyn Manson dropped by record label after abuse allegations is the title of the article by Rolling Stone. And I'll go ahead and say, man, I do not know much about Marilyn Manson. I know he does rock music. I mean, I know who he is, obviously, but I, uh, grossly enough, I guess, the only thing I ever remember about Marilyn Manson is when probably the first time I ever heard about him I was in like fifth grade or some shit and I remember we were watching MTV or whatever and they had this quick little clip of they were like interviewing Marilyn Manson because allegedly he had slit his ribs so he could suck his own dick I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't know if that actually happened or not, but I vividly remember seeing that on TV and me and my brother being like, what the fuck? This dude is psycho. And just if you look at him, I mean, he looks like a super eclectic, just weird ass, weird guy, you know? I mean, nothing against him, but, well, maybe. So the article says, uh, Marilyn Manson's record label Loma Vista Recordings has split with the musician after several women, including Evan Rachel Wood, accused him of abuse. In a statement, Loma Vista wrote, In light of today's disturbing allegations by Evan Rachel Wood and other women naming Marilyn Manson as their abuser, Loma Vista will cease to further promote its his current album, effective immediately. Due to these concerning developments, we have also decided not to work with Marilyn Manson on any future projects. And like I said, I don't know really anything about him except that he fucking creeps me out a little bit. But... I... I guess I wasn't surprised when I saw that, if that makes any sense. I mean, 
not I'm not a judging type of dude, but he looks like a dude who would be into like weird BDSM and abusing and you know what I mean like I don't know. Let me see. I'm gonna pull up one of his songs. I don't know what we're getting into right now, but we're about to find out. I'm gonna go to I'm on Apple Music right now. I'm gonna go to his top song, Sweet Dreams. Oh that's that song? That's Marilyn Manson. I don't even know that. If this is a song I'm thinking of. That's a fucking remake, right? Am I tripping right now? Hold on. Before we continue with other creepy Marilyn Manson music, I need to find out. Sweet Dreams. That's the Youth of Rhythmics. What in the hell? The Youth of Rhythmics. Yeah, this is a song from 1983. That's what I thought, just to make sure. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was losing my mind for a second. I was like, that's a fucking man. Okay. So that was a, a cover by him, I guess. So let's try to find one of his original songs. I'm going to click on this one called The Dope Show. Let's see what this is about. I mean, I I only looked that up to say, I mean, hopefully that's not true, but when I read it, I wasn't super shocked, you know what I mean? Because the song I just played is off this album called Mechanical Animals. If you could see this album cover, this dude is into some weird shit, alright? But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I hadn't heard his name in so long. I feel like he was popular when I was in like middle school or whatever the fuck. But... Yeah, I guess he's still out here wilding, man, so watch out for that shit. But it also kind of goes back to what we were saying, you know, about rock lyrics being neglected and hip-hop lyrics being scrutinized. You know, the rap lyrics about selling crack on the corner that was strategically placed there gets taken to court, but, you know, the white rock star that's singing about chaining chicks up 
with drugs and all sorts of crazy shit that may not be consensual, you know what I'm saying, gets overlooked, you know, so it's just weird, man, like I said, I wasn't too surprised, hopefully all the women involved are alright, that's some creepy shit, man, but yeah, man, we are um, also, man, I hate to end on a sad note, god damn it. I should have said this earlier, but I completely forgot. So we're going to have to end on a sad note. I could always play T.O.P. Jace, but R.I.P. to Screech, man. R.I.P. to Screech from Saved by the Bell. Dustin Diamond is his real name, but he passed away, I guess. After battling stage 4 lung cancer. He just passed away. Literally yesterday. Today's the second. He passed away on the first. So yeah. Dust damn. His real name was Dustin Neil Diamond. What a fucking cool name. Neil Diamond's like a old rock artist. I guess you folk. I don't know what you would call him. But Dustin Neil Diamond. Rest in peace man. I was never big into Saved by the Bell. But. I've heard of the show, you know, I'd seen an episode or two, so I knew who Screech was. But yeah, rest in peace. On that note, man, I hate to end it that way, but, you know, I got shit to do. Let's end of episode 29. I hope, I pray, I implore that you stay safe, stay smart. Stay sexy and stay tuned, okay? <laughs> but yeah, man, it's gonna wrap up episode 29. Appreciate you guys checking in as always. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here because I got shit to do. You wait. Rap, Sayonara, 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 Sayon